Good morning and welcome to church. My name is Jenna. My name is Lily. And we are going to do our pre-church routine with you. Yes. And for us... It surrounds coffee. Scott, it's all about the coffee. It's all about the coffee. She brews it. You get it? Someone insert a drum roll maybe or like a... Ah. I think there's a drum emoji. Ah. Now I always add too many. Mm -hmm. I get, I'm so musical, you know? Yeah. Okay, walk me through it. What are we doing for coffee this All right. morning? Well, how do you like your coffee? Black. Okay. Good. You? Amen. Always. Yes. So we're gonna do a classic pour over here. Okay. Ooh. Give a little sniffs. What are the flavor notes? Um, honestly, I smell some blueberry. Is that accurate? Mm -hmm. A little polka. Polka dot. Mm. Polka dot, blueberry okay. polka. I love it, I love okay. it. We're gonna put this in here. Oh, she's in. She is in. I'm ready. I was told yes. I can't touch anything because I'm wearing white. So we yes. all know how that ends. Yes, we do. Or if you know me very well, I spill everything and anything. So That's I am. That's why I wear brown yes. all the time. I'm hands off. Cool. Well, we're going to take some first little pour here. All right. So if you're at home right now, this is your, this is your reminder. Get your coffee, get your tea, your water. Yes. yes. I always forget to get water before. And I then I'm like you're dry mouth worshiping. And I'm like. This is just trying. Can you even breathe? I don't know. I have asthma, so I already struggle to breathe. So I need my water. Thank you. Prayers in the chats for my asthma. Um, yeah, while you're in the chat for my asthma, say hi. Say hi to each other. Yes. Introduce yourselves. We're excited to have yes. you here. And the chat is a great function to True. chat with others, especially yeah. in an online season. Oh, she's looking good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That little bloom. Okay, Lily, what's a bloom for people who don't brew coffee? The bloom is the, oh, I'm gonna, I think it's just the little bubbles that kind of pop up in those first couple pours. What if is I'm it? wrong, I'm so sorry. What James? Is, someone in the chat, are. what are the bubbles? What is the gas? I think it's a bloom. What is it? It's like a flower blooming. You okay, know, little, okay. Little All I know is it smells good. I'm yes. still smelling the blueberry polka dot. Okay, so morning routine. Yep. You're getting up out of bed. Yeah. Reasonable time, I hope. Yep. Yes. Always. Okay. Always. What, what foot hits the ground first? That is such a weird question. Controversial. I need to think about this. Okay. Here. Think about I, it. I don't even know. I feel like I need a bed to... I want to say right foot. Does okay. that check out? Let me think. I don't I know. Less. I feel like I twist and I might... Do I hop? You what might. I might do it. I'm ready for the day. Okay. Oh, man. Love it. Do you think it has to do with what hand? Like, I'm also right... Really... it wouldn't be like where your bed is positioned, I think. What? Well, like... How does that make sense? I think I'm just picturing. I... What is this? I don't know. I don't know. I think we should put in the chat also prayer for Lily and what's Thank going you. on there, too. Thank you. Yeah, oh man, it. oh okay, man. Okay, so your coffee mug, handle or no handle? Always no, no handle. No which handle? is probably why I spill things. I feel like I'm just actually having that revelation right now. Real time, folks. I, okay, well Lily is on the crazier side of craziness with coffee. She will drive with a oh, glass yes. with no, oh, no lid. She's just sending yeah. it probably through the red light cameras. <laughs> no. Just, <laughs> just folks, photographers, photographers. Yes. man. Yeah. I always do no handle, then I burn myself. But hands to steel. Again, I wear too much white to live that crazy of a life. I just Good. can't do it. Okay, everyone, let us know in the chat how are your morning coffees, teas, how are they coming? Are they looking like this? Because it's looking pretty good to me. It is looking pretty good. This is, this is some intense um, apparatus. What is this? Break, break it down. I was saying it kind of looks like a chemistry lab. Yes. It's the I always call this a beaker. I don't, that's not the problem. But that makes it sound even more like a chemistry I know, lab. Would. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, it's lovely. Mm. Mm. Okay. Next question, what is your favorite song to listen to to get you ready for the day when you're up? Mm -hmm. You're maybe like, maybe it's a Monday and you're like, 
Feeling came back blue. so fa feeling blue. Yeah. Okay. Post Sunday blues. Yes. Post Sunday blues. Yeah. So what do you do? What do you listen to? No Air by Jordan Sparks. That was fast. Fast on her feet over yeah, here. Can you remind me how that goes? Tell me how you're supposed to breathe with no okay. air, air, air. <laughs> I need to play okay. that tomorrow morning. Yes. I don't know. I want to say, which I already regret it, is Eye of the Tiger, and I don't know why, <laughs> but I feel like if you're getting up, it's like, you're in, you're ready yeah. to go. Okay, so as we are preparing for church, we're getting ready. Yes. The timer is going. We're reminding you right now. Get up, get off your chairs, yes. get off your couches. Get active, stand up. What were you saying? You gotta let your dogs out to go to the bathroom yes, for. I tend to do that. Prepare the yep. space, get ready to lean in. Yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna start with some worship. It's gonna be a great Sunday. Yeah. Great I'm day of the week. Good. Whenever you watch it. Yeah, <laughs> Sunday, Monday, after you listen to Jordan Sparks. Please. <laughs> Maybe Tuesday. But yeah, we're excited to see you. Yes. So lean in. We're excited. Yes. church everybody have an amazing time worshiping with us get your dancing shoes on maybe take them off <laughs>
strong holds break in the blink of an eye death in all i sin nowhere inside for the lord he is alive see the lost return from the dead of the night every captive free every chain left behind have you ever seen such a beautiful sight all the world coming alive come on see the world
put my faith I put my faith in Jesus My anchor to the ground Come on, my hope My hope and firm foundation He'll never let me down Come on, King season in every situation that we find ourselves in. And you know, we have so many things to be thanking God for, even today. You know, every single week there's an opportunity to fill out a praise report, something you're thanking God for that we can celebrate alongside you. Go to slatechurch.com, fill this out. You can also fill out a prayer card. Listen, we want to be praying with you. We don't want to uh, just see you going at life alone or anything like that. We want to pray alongside you in it. But listen, we're thankful for God's faithfulness. Someone is thankful that the fire of God has been reignited in them. Someone's thankful that they have finished their first year of university. Someone's thankful that they start their new job this week. Someone's thankful for new beginnings, for intentional downtime. Someone's thankful that they're finally able to put some focus on themselves and get healthy so that they can be there for other people. Someone is thankful that no major damage happened on a recent apartment fire. You know, there's a lot that we can be thanking God for. So wherever you are, just put your hands together right now. Just thank Him for His faithfulness. But you know, there's an element here as well where you might have something going on in your life. You just need God to move in. And you might be saying, God, are you faithful in this? Listen, we get to declare that to get today. We get to know that that is true before we even necessarily see the breakthrough that we're looking for in the situation because God is good regardless of what happens, but He loves us so much that He actually wants relationship with us and that we can actually come to Him with all of our needs. 
every situation we find ourselves in. Today, here are just a few things we're praying for. We're praying for someone who's struggling with addiction. We're praying for someone who is job hunting and looking for a position. We're praying for someone uh, whose friend has been dealing with back tumors for a long, long time and battling that. We're praying today that someone would be able to uh, deal with addiction, another addiction that has come up. We're praying for all sorts of situations today. And I want to let you know that God is faithful. And as we go back into this song, as we go back into declaring that, I just want to encourage you, wherever you find yourself, whatever situation you find yourself in, whatever is going on in your life, you can remind yourself that God is faithful. We get to praise Him in and through our situation. So I just want to pray for you. If you are needing prayer today, why don't you pray with me? Jesus, I thank you that you care so much about us, that you are with us through it all, that you are our comforter, that you are our friend, God. But we also thank you that you are all powerful, that you can move things that feel so solid, that feel so heavy in our lives, that you can bring breakthrough in the the biggest disease in our bodies, God. You can bring peace into our minds, Lord. You can work in ways that we can't even imagine. And we ask and we pray that you would today. In the situations I read, in the situations that go unread, Lord, we celebrate you, we praise you, and you, we thank you for your faithfulness. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Let's worship again.
You know, I just want to keep worshiping. I don't know about you, but I have just loved this time that we have had worshiping together. But hey, listen, today is our heart for the house Sunday. I anticipate and look forward to this Sunday every single year because I love the opportunity to give generously, to invest into this house, to invest into what God is doing. And honestly, he always blows my mind, both personally and with us as a church. It's such an exciting day. So I hope that you are excited for that as well. Listen, right now, invite somebody out to church. It's not too late. Grab the link, send it to somebody you know popping up in the chat right now is an opportunity to uh, connect with us fill out a connect card if you're new around here you want to get involved you want to be a part of what slate is doing we would love to connect with you as well you know we've got a big sunday it's a great sunday already in store but we've got lots of great things coming so right now i'm going to pass it over to the interview and i love all three of these people that are up there uh today and they just want to talk a little bit about generosity and what god's done in their lives and just encourage you with that so i'm going to throw it over to pastor nate and he is going to take it from here well, hey folks, so good to have you guys joining us here today. Uh, and I'm excited for this interview. I'm excited because we have, uh, I think I can say some very special guests here today. Uh, it's a little bit of a freaky Friday. You guys are on the other side of the chair for once. Uh, but join me in welcoming Pastor Jared and Pastor Beth. Uh, we're gonna be chatting with you guys a little bit today. Uh, come on. This is awesome. Looking forward to it. It's gonna be great. Uh, but yeah, you guys are usually doing our interview, but we actually wanna hear a little bit from you guys today, just around your experience with generosity, what that's looked like in your life, the way that God has moved in your situation, uh, and just share a little bit of that for us. Want me to start? Cool. I love talking about our story because I feel like for us from the start of like when we got married, it's been one of those things that you can look back on and it's like only God in, in every every turn, every corner of it. But I'll try and do the Coles Notes version because there's a lot that we could pack in here. When Jared and I um, got married back in 2018, we, we came into to marriage with quite a bit of debt. I won't say that all of it was mine, but <laughs> significant <laughs> significant portion of the student debt was, was mine when we got married. And it was actually... I remember when we were dating and I realized how much debt you had. I was like, oh God, are you sure you want me to marry this woman still? <laughs> you you signed yes. up for a lot that day. It was it was like around 80K of wow. debt that we had from student loans wow. and, and just living alone after moving out and things like that. We both paid our way through university or used loans through university. And so we had all of this debt and I remember we got married and at, at the time that we got married, um, we both just felt such a strong call to, to stay in Waterloo and to actually commit and to plant that Slate Church. But at the time, like Jared didn't have any prospects for jobs in the city. Like only I had a job and we just moved into an apartment and we had all this debt and it was a little bit scary, but we were like, okay, God, like we trust you and we'll, we'll ride this out. And then I remember the first heart for the house that rolled around after we had been married only for a few months. And before yeah. it came up, we both just felt like God wanted us to give our entire tax return towards wow. it, but we didn't know how much it was going to be. Like right. we just felt like whenever we get it, we won't even like consider it. Like everything just goes yeah. towards it. <laughs> and I remember we got that tax return and it was one of those like, did God really say that? Yeah. <laughs> Moments where it was like, amount of money. this would have been so, so helpful to help yeah. pay off debt and, and whatever else. Right. But we just we just said, okay, God, like we, we trust you. And so we yeah. gave and we, we committed to it. But I mean, we were just chatting even earlier today and looking back over that first year and a half that we were married, we were able to pay off $50,000 wow. of debt wow, of just, of just stewarding finances yeah. and trusting God. 
wasn't he just like time after time, it was just like miracle after miracle when it came to our finances. And it always reminded me of that story um, in Matthew 14 where Jesus is, is out healing the crowds and then the disciples are like, okay, send them away. Like yeah. we don't have enough stuff for them here. Like yeah. we can't give to them. And he's like, you feed them. <laughs> and then they, they have to actually take what they have, but then God takes it and he looks up to heaven and it, it, it actually expands. There's more that's added there. And God has just done that time and time again with, with our Come finances. On. That's so cool. That's so cool. And like, I know for you guys in your story, like, erasing debt wasn't all of it there's even more like do you want to tell us a bit about that yeah yeah so uh, the debt is still a big piece of that but uh, but then after that we were kind of like what is like our our dream uh, obviously like is to was to own a home and to have a place yeah. to live we've been renting for a couple years and we had this like when we first got married we we're like we got this crazy goal we're gonna pay off all of our debt and then we're gonna buy a house within two years of being married and we were like there's no way this is gonna happen we didn't see a way forward uh, if you took like any like extra income we had and just put it all to debt like regardless of any emergencies or anything yeah. we wouldn't have made it and um and it's just crazy like it's just a story again of, of where god provided opportunity for us not to just clear out a, a large portion of the debt but to actually land in a place that we can call home to purchase a place we bought it last uh december and um and it was just like it, it's just nuts like it's it's crazy even like recounting the what god has done in our in our finances because as i'm looking back i'm like where's this money coming from and it's all coming from someplace it's not just like falling out of the sky or anything like that but it's it's just like it's practical provision from what god is doing and every year we come to heart for the house and every year we're like what should we do what should we give god what like what are you asking us to, to do and every year he puts a number on our heart that is like very uncomfortable and then we try to like whittling down like lower and lower and lower yeah. uh, this year we came out with super different numbers um but but it was just like listen we're, we're gonna be committed to to being not not just like giving because we know we have to give but being obedient to what god yeah. is placing on our heart this isn't a story of like ours really isn't a story of like giving then you'll get because we still have debt we still have debt that we're paying off we're still like tight with our finances we're still responsible for all this stuff but we've never been in want we've never been in need and any opportunity that we've we've been able to to give we've done our best to be open-handed with what god has given us yeah. trying to understand like really what we have is his and it's that's like a reality for us we're trying to and it's like not all the time it is but we're trying so hard to get to that place all the time and like i was i was thinking today i was like man how because i'm like kind of a bet it all kind of person anytime we have any money in the account i'm just like drain it put it into heart for the house like we're gonna give <laughs> it all and i'm like no we can't do that but we have to but anyways this year like it was kind of that that idea of like when will that stop? When will I get to a place where I can give and not have to depend on God so much? And I was like, what kind of attitude is that? I wow. caught myself like saying and being like, what, what, what place am I trying to get to where I'm not dependent on God to provide, not just financially, but in every different like yeah. area of my life. I'm not ever gonna get to a place where it's like, I've got my peace and I'll give out of my peace to God. But everything that we have is like giving back to God and we're in need of him, not just financially, but in every way throughout our life. And so when it comes to Heart for the House and giving back to God's church, it's like, I never wanna be stingy with that. I never yeah. wanna withhold. And um, Pastor Emma said it best in a message one time, it stuck with me so much. It's like, what better investment could you make than investing into God's house and into the kingdom of God? And we have this money, I'm like, I could invest it, I could like multiply it, and then we could be even more generous. And it's like, there's no better investment than I can make than back into the house of God to yeah. see what he's gonna do in this city through like the diligence of what he can do multiplying a release of our finances back to him. And so, yeah.
Come on, that's so good. Uh, thank you guys so much for sharing a bit of your story and just thank you guys for being incredible people and incredible leaders. Not only are you good friends to Emily and I, uh, great people to like do church and life alongside, but I know that you guys have a huge impact on so many people across our church in the ways that you're generous to them with finances, with your home that you now have, with your time, with your wisdom and all these different things. And I just wanna encourage people listening to this, like there's no smoke here. Like everything you guys are saying comes from a place of like deep faithfulness that I've gotten to see up close and personal day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out. And so thank you guys so much for being the incredible people that you are. And even just for sharing some of your story with all of us here today. Thank you guys. Thanks, man. Hey, we are going to jump into our message right now. And I'm really excited for this. This is our Heart for the House message, which I think is always just like a really powerful Sunday. There's some powerful moments and God just always shows up and speaks new things to me and changes my heart and, and opens my mind and explodes my mind in some really cool ways. Uh, and I know Pastor Brandon has a really powerful message on his heart today. Uh, I think this is gonna be an incredible Sunday. Uh, so why don't you just grab a notebook, uh, grab your phone, open the notes app right now, Turn off, delete Instagram if it's going to distract you. Whatever you need to do, just uh, prepare yourself, get ready, be expecting, because I think God wants to speak something to you this, to you today. Uh, he actually wants to move in your life through this message. So let's lean in and let's welcome Pastor Brandon to bring our message today. You have a spiritual heritage here, and uh, you have the spiritual groundwork is already here. And there's an afterglow that I think you feel. Now, people are not attending church today in Canada as they once were. But I believe that Canada stands in a very unique position. If Canada should have a spiritual awakening and a spiritual revival, uh, I think many uh, people throughout the world are looking for a leader. They want somebody to emerge. Well, till the Lord Jesus comes, he's the one that's going to emerge finally as the world leader. Till he comes, Canada could help lead the world in a spiritual awakening. Well, that was a great interview. Uh, thank you to Pastor Nate and uh, Pastor Jared and Pastor Beth who were saying like, that's like a, a pastor power pack team. That was, that was amazing. And um, of course, it is hard for the house Sunday. You've heard this already today. And I was just thinking as I heard Beth and Jared talking and you know, Emma and I, we love to share our story as well, just in what God's doing in our life. But it's weird what happens when as, as followers of Jesus or maybe those of us that are like, hey, I'm, I'm starting to, to put my trust in Jesus and I don't know what this looks like yet, but, but I would love to be surrendered and feel surrender from um, you know, my you know, finances and the grip it has on me. And I just, rem I remember moments and, and I, you know, I look over to Emma because there's moments when we also didn't have a house. And by the way, it's not about buying a house. This is certainly hard for the house is not about all of us giving so that we can all get houses. Like that's, that, that's not the impression we want to leave with you. But I remember just one night because I just felt like we couldn't make it work. And I went for a long walk and, and I remember quite honestly, just yelling at God. It would have been like one of these angry Psalms that we read. Or I was just having it out with God. And I said, God, like, why did you lead me into the ministry for me to not be able to provide for my family? And I was yelling at him on the street. And uh, looking back on that moment, I just think of how foolish I was for saying those words to God because of what he's brought us through. And, but I, I've been saying to people this week, as I've been saying, like, how you feeling with Art for the House coming up? Or we've been talking about this weekend. And, and I just keep reminding uh, everybody around me that, that's asked me that question. I say, like, Hartford House for us as a couple, and especially, I just speak 
on behalf of myself for a second. It is one of the most valuable seasons that I find myself in in a given year. I'm actually deeply thankful for Heart for the House personally because it stretches my belief in what God's able to do. You know, I've never, Em and I have never given um, sacrificially to Heart for the House and then regretted it later. You know, there's never been a moment where we've given, uh, you know, and, and it's been sacrificial every single time, but we've never given sacrificially and then, some, you know, three months, four months down the road, look back and said like, oh man, I wish I had that to be able to do X, Y, or Z. It's amazing what God starts to do in our hearts as we start to reorient um, the priorities of what uh, should happen. You know, I remember um, listening to stories that my, my poppy and my nanny would tell. Um, they they um, raised their family in Oshawa, Ontario. And in Oshawa, on, on, Ontario was actually where I was born. It's where I was dedicated. It was um, not where I want to ever live again. Um, <laughs> the dirty schwa. But uh, I was born there. I'm allowed to say that. But um, it's kind of like what Drake has with Toronto. I have with Oshawa, you know. Just uh, <laughs> not at all. I don't have that kind of clout. But I'm going to start using words that I don't understand the meaning behind. I'm sorry. Um, but I remember them telling stories. And they were in a church um, that was growing. And exciting things were on the horizon. I remember going through, they didn't have the language, they didn't call it for Heart for the House, they didn't like have all that, but they're going through a building campaign. And this is what they used to call them, right? Like building campaign, the church is gonna give to this thing. And I remember listening and hearing my, my grandparents tell the stories. And you know, it's funny because every once in a while I'll hear a story about a decision they wish they had made with their life or whatever else, or and I'll hear highlights and I, it was, reminiscing with my poppy this past week about his travels to Arizona. Um, he went with his friend just before his friend passed away and it was this like last hurrah um, as his friend was really sick and just like all this joy. But I think when I listen to my nanny and poppy talk about some of their best times in, uh, in life, it actually comes back to this building campaign, funny enough. I hear this story over and over and over again where they decided as a family they were gonna sacrifice and it meant them, I believe, not... Um, they made this big, large sacrifice in their life. And I just remember, every single time my poppy recounts this story, he has this cheeky grin on his face, as my daughter would say. This cheeky grin spreads across his face, and he says, you know what, Brandon? God did some amazing time, amazing thing during those times. And I just pray that that would be our countenance as we look back on the things that God's doing in these early days for us as a church. That we look back and say, God did some amazing things through our church, through the sacrificial giving, through the obedience of his children, through the obedience of slave church. God did some incredible things. But I want I hope that it would go one step further and that we would be saying he did some amazing things. And it's because of those things that he's continuing to do amazing things today, that we continually be able to praise God and sing of the incredible things that he's doing through our church. You know, there's a story, and I didn't really want to speak on it. I didn't want to really touch on it during this time together today, I guess because some stories sometimes just become cliche to us. I know where he's going with this. And honestly, I, I was like, God, I, like, I know where you're going with this. And God kind of, as I was praying, there's three main passages he kept drawing me back to. And funny enough, when I finally said, okay, I'll do it, I didn't even realize the two passages were side by side. And it's a story of a rich young man and it says that this rich man, young man comes to Jesus and he says like, hey, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, follow the commandments. And the rich young ruler says, well, I've done this ever since I was a boy. 
And he keeps adding things. And he says, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. And finally, Jesus says, well, uh, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions to give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And so, of course, for those of us that know the story, in verse 27 or 22 of chapter 19 in Matthew, it says, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. And my prayer is that with any wealth that I would have, that it wouldn't do this to my soul. It wouldn't do this to my heart where my wealth would actually leave me sad. It says he was sad because he had great wealth. Usually we think like we'll get more and we'll be happy. We'll get more, we'll um, gather more, we'll uh, build wealth for ourselves and in the end we'll be happy. But it's, it's interesting because the moment that we have great wealth is the moment that it can actually be a stumbling block to the surrender that God is actually calling us to. I want to be, remind myself time and time again that the rich young ruler is me. I'm the rich young ruler. You're the rich young ruler. We live in, in, a, in, a, in a country. We live in a nation. We live in a, a, in a time period where we are the richest people in the world. Even if you, you know, have a scarcity mindset, even if you have a, a, a poor person's mindset when it comes to the world that we live in, you still have more than 96% of the world. And this message is so confronting because it confronts some innermost parts of us because so many of us are trying to do all these things for Jesus and we constantly come back disappointed that we're not living up to the standards that we think he set for us. You see, Jesus is actually shifts the question. He's at, the young, rich young ruler is asking, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus isn't even talking about eternal life when he gives them the command to go sell everything. He says, if you want to be perfect, go sell everything. Because he recognizes this person doesn't care about eternal life. He doesn't, he doesn't have the surrender in his heart that it takes. And so what Jesus is doing is he's actually pulling out a greater message that applies to us today, which is, are you surrendered and are you actually living for eternal life? Come on, can we be so sidetracked because of the things that we have that as we continue down this road with Jesus, we actually get off course and we start focusing on different things about how to be perfect rather than going and bringing others along the journey to eternal life that we are currently on. So he says, sell everything, give it to the poor, then you'll be perfect. The truth is, is that none of us can be perfect. <laughs> none of us. I'm encouraged by the Bible because when I read of uh, some of the people that Jesus built the church on, like Peter, Peter was a messed up dude. One of the last things that he did before Jesus went to the cross was he cut off a man's ear, and yet Jesus still builds his church on him. I just imagine if I were to do that today, a lot of you would not trust me to continue to build this church. I just brought Nate up and I was mad at him, just like cut off his ear in front of you. It's like, okay, that guy's unstable. He's no longer going to leave the church. I don't care what Jesus said, you know? And yet Peter leads the church. Nobody is perfect. Nobody lives up to this standard. But one of the responsibilities for us as a church, as we continue to mature, is year after year, month after month, day after day, that there would be a greater surrender rising up inside of us. That as we look back on our lives, we can say, oh, I thought that was sacrifice back in 2021. But now I understand sacrifice because I understand where it comes from. And I really believe that Sight Church has a, a big future in front of us. I've been thinking a lot this past week about the vision that we've been sharing. 
throughout Heart for the House, we just had three weeks where we were sharing vision through conversations and talking about finances and that sort of thing. And there was one story in particular from week one of our conversation. And you might remember, we were talking about a bunch of different stuff and I got this message and the message was on behalf of somebody else that they were talking to. And this person said, hey, I was just having a conversation and so-and-so, I just wanted to know like, is the vlog the only thing we're doing? And listen, that's an innocent question. Great question, I'm glad it was asked. But I find it so interesting because in that first week, we actually stacked it up with the thing we wanted it, we were most excited to share. And believe it or not, it wasn't the vlog. <laughs> you know, we've been so focused on Waterloo Region for the last little while. Waterloo Region has been where we've put all of our, our energy and focus. Even in the online season, we've done a lot of stuff to make sure that Waterloo Region can continue to expand and invite our friends, all the rest. And on that first week, we talked and we raised the stakes and this is what we want your focus to be. We said, God's given us a vision for Ontario. I wanna be clear right now, Slade Church, the more and more I think about the vision that God is giving us, and it's confirmed by the people around us, and as we begin to share it with different people, the more and more I get freaked out by what God is calling us to do. You see, God is calling us to do something greater than we'd ever be able to do in our own strength. I've got lots of friends that have made grandiose claims about what they're gonna do through their churches, and I wanna believe alongside them that God is speaking to them, but I started asking myself the question, like, is this what people are thinking about the vision that God's given us? But here's the thing, church. We need to understand that God is ready. He is ready to raise up a bunch of people to reach a nation, to reach a province with the good news of Jesus Christ. I find it concerning. Back in Matthew chapter nine, that Jesus, he says that he went through all the crowds and towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news, healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. But then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. It's concerning to me that Jesus is saying this because everywhere Jesus goes, he has crowds. In fact, we are led to believe in this very passage that there is a crowd around Jesus as he's speaking to his disciples. And he's saying this to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What a slap in the face to the crowd that was gathered around Jesus that day. What do you mean the workers are few? I'm, I'm here. And he's speaking to the disciples. And he's speaking to the disciples because they had exemplified something that was very hard for the rich young ruler and the crowds to do. And he addresses it in Matthew chapter 19, continuing after the rich young ruler's story in, in verse 28. And Jesus says to his disciples, I tell you the truth, at the renewal of all things, when the son of man sits on his glorious throne, isn't it great that Jesus is sitting on the throne? You who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And, listen, and get this, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. 
See, Jesus, when he sang to the crowds and his disciples that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, he's speaking to the surrender that exists within his disciples but is lacking in the crowds. Come on, can we be a church that's not just a crowd gathering every Sunday, but may we be a people that is surrendered to the harvest that is in front of us, ready to do whatever it takes to move in the direction that God is calling us, saying, God, if you're calling us to Ontario, then Ontario it is. We're going to do whatever it takes to bring this message home to the people that need to hear it. You know, my parents moved to Ottawa a number of years ago, about a decade ago at this point, and they moved there, and they moved outside of Ottawa, and I'm not going to tell you where the place was, because I don't want any, if any pastors around that area to happen to check this out, which I don't think were so important that they would be, but I just want to, uh, to confuse it. They moved just outside of Ottawa, about 45 minutes. And for the first three months, my parents just went around to different churches. And we're like, okay, we've still got two kids at home. We want to make sure that they're plugged into a church that believes that Canada's best days are ahead of them. God is still moving, that there's vision for what's going to happen here. They weren't church shopping because church is not a commodity to be bought, to chosen, to be chosen, to put, put together to suit our needs, to have the perfect uh, vibe so that we can actually feel good there, consuming what is given to us. That wasn't their purpose. They just wanted to be in a place with vision. Yeah. Honestly, sounds like a pretty low barrier to me. I spent three months doing this and finally they had to drive to a church 45 minutes away that was speaking vision into the future that God had for this nation. See, I just don't want that to be the story of our nation. I don't want that to be the story of our province. You see, I grew up in a small town, and I am convinced that God is going to move through the small towns of Ontario like never before. I know this because there's a deep hunger, and people are dissatisfied with what we're seeing around us, and we know that the message of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world, and yet we know that we're not doing enough to reach the, the, the people. We know that the surrender isn't great enough for the harvest field that is in front of us, and just like we watch every week before this series, Billy Graham saying, Canada is going to be strategic in a revival in the world. I believe that in Jesus' name. But come on, we can sit around and complain about whatever government sits on the throne of Ontario and forget that who sits on the throne in heaven that actually dictates the powers of this world and has an opportunity to move in the places we want to see Jesus move. You see, when Jesus came, one thing I see him not doing is speaking to the Roman empires like that was his fight to fight. I don't see Jesus anywhere in the gospel speaking against the emperor that was seated on the throne. I don't see Jesus speaking out against Herod. Certainly there was these moments where they fled from Herod and certainly there was these moments that seemed to be a parody of the powers that existed, like riding in on a donkey into Jerusalem. But what we know is that Jesus actually lived this humble existence where he actually started from the bottom and raised up a movement from the ground up. I love it because it's this upside down kingdom that isn't starting at the top and trying to change politicians. It's saying, hey, we need to start on the ground level where people are actually making a difference, where people are working hard and they're fed up with the powers of the world and they don't know where to turn. And it feels like they're working in slavery, quote unquote, just to make ends meet. And we're gonna start in those places because when those places get it, the world will begin to change because those places are the places where God is gonna begin to move and start to shift the powers that be. Come on, I can just imagine some place in Ontario. It doesn't exist yet. Slate Church doesn't exist there yet, but I can just imagine through COVID, 
there's a family and in order to cope, there's a father in this family and you know, maybe to cope, he's started drinking more than what he should. Now, maybe this family lives in Uxbridge. I don't know why Uxbridge is on my mind so much, but through COVID, he just started drinking, but things started getting angry and frustrating at home. You know, there's a couple in Uxbridge and they've been watching Slate Church for the last five years and they're saying, hey, like, um, I know that they're doing this Locals Plus thing. I want to see Slate Church expand all throughout Ontario, but it's just not for us. And, but all of a sudden they start to get hints. You know, oh, that Locals Plus over in that town, they, they've done a great, oh, we're getting reports that in two years, what, a Locals Plus went from a group of five meeting into a home, that was 200 meeting in a town of 5,000. What, what's happening? Maybe we could actually do this in Uxbridge. This couple steps out in faith and they get connected with Site Church and, and Nate and they start talking through a growth plan. Like, what is this gonna look like? What does the development plan look like for us here in Uxbridge? So they start inviting a few families and they're gearing up for a watch party where all they're gonna do, even while we meet here in person in Waterloo, they're gonna take our studio experience, they're gonna be watching and all of a sudden, one of the families get connected with this family that, that started the Locals Plus there, all of a sudden invites another family and a little girl walks in with a dad that has a drinking problem. It's existed for about five years, ever since we went through this period of time that she doesn't really understand, but something's not been right in her house. And all of a sudden, at a watch party, this man gets saved. He decides to follow Jesus. All of a sudden, things begin to change in his heart for the good. All of a sudden, Jesus starts to get a hold of this man's heart and home starts to change. Peace starts to reside in that residence. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit is moving and the family can't really tell what happened, but the little girl grows up and as she's headed to high school and tempted to drink herself and, and be, um, um, be, be, be swayed by the culture that she finds herself in, she asks her dad, what changed in your life? I remember these things happening when I was a little girl. What changed? And all of a sudden, her dad says, well, somebody invited me out to this strange little thing called a watch party. You wouldn't quite remember it now because now it's actually grown and it's flourishing and all the rest. But I came to that thing and that's where I met Jesus for the first time. You gotta understand, church, Right now, we can't conceptualize what the next 30 years of trying to reach Ontario will look like, but these are the stories we're gonna begin to hear because the harvest is plentiful, and right now, God is raising up workers that are surrendered to whatever it would take to see the message of Jesus expand, and these stories are not gonna stop with one made-up story on, 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 on May 2nd, 2021, but these are gonna be realized stories into the future because God is beginning to move. How do I know this is gonna happen? Because before my grandparents, my nanny and poppy were ever excited to give to their own version of Heart for the House, they were the ones being brought to church by my mom because she went as a little girl to Sunday school. My nanny and poppy were not serving God and because of the change they saw in their little girl, they started going to church and their lives were transformed forever. And here they are helping build the church in Oshawa. Listen, I know it can happen because I'm here today because my, my God got a hold of my mom who got a hold of my grandparents who got a hold of my dad and all of a sudden my dad and my mom committed to Jesus, had me. I remember my dad saying, uh, my, my mom and dad almost lost me at birth and I remember my dad telling me, he prayed a prayer, he said, God, I don't care what happened, just make him live. Allow my son to live and I will, I will release him to you for the rest of his life. And here I am standing in a pulpit I should not be standing in because of the faithfulness of my God calling on a church to surrender all they have so that a harvest can come in on Ontario. I believe it with all my heart. 
Church, I'm not trying to twist your arm going into this moment where we're gonna give above and beyond sacrificially back out of what God has given us. I'm not trying to twist your arm. I'm trying to remind myself that the things I have are not who I am. The things I have were not earned by me. The things I have are not the most important part of me, but it's an enabler for God to reach the harvest that he wants to reach. Today is a day where we put a stake in the ground in the midst of COVID, in the midst of a lockdown. I had all these thoughts. You ask Emma, the moment Doug Ford announced the third lockdown, I went, should we still do Heart for the House? And then a little thought came to me and it was the spirit speaking to me that said, you know what? It's the perfect time to show the enemy in the midst of our valley as a province that a church is willing to believe that when we plant a seed in the valley and the rain begins to flow down the mountains, it's gonna germinate and it's gonna grow and it's gonna spread and the harvest is gonna begin to build because we didn't give up in the valley, but we put a stake in the ground that said, we are gonna reach this province even when our province looks like it's in dire need. This is the upside down kingdom that we belong to. Praise God for what he's about to do. Church, I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of questions about how we're gonna be able to do this. I don't know more than three steps out. I learned something in my youth. It says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet. I remember some youth pastor, probably proud that he came up with this. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe it's just like super humble. But said, you got to remember, God didn't say that, you know, his, his word was going to be a, a, a um, high beams to your path. But it's a lamp to your feet. You can only see a little bit. I'm not going to give you the whole path before you step out. And I don't care what... I mean, I can see that message all throughout scripture and that's what I've been living on. It's what Emma and I've been living on. We have these stories of, we, God, we, we don't even know how we'll be able to give sacrificially. That whole thing that Jared was talking about, like where's the money coming from? It doesn't fall from the sky, but somehow it keeps showing up and we keep trying to shovel it out and it keeps showing up because the thing is, is that God doesn't give us the whole plan today. He gives us the next few steps to take and our responsibility today is are we gonna be faithful or not? Emma made mention like the vision is set, but the speed of getting to that vision is in our hands. So my encouragement to us today, everybody that's giving, I want you to take that number, whether you've written it down, whether you're, you're about to, to give on your phone, I was about to pull up my phone, I want you to take that. I want you to hold that, even in the studio right now. You guys, you, you've already went through this exercise. I, I, I know that you're, you're already in this frame of mind. Just close your eyes. Some of you, you're, you're, you're actually, you're going, God, I'm so confused by this process. What are you speaking? <laughs> Some of you are so sure. Some of you, at the beginning of me talking, you're like, oh, shoot, he's doing that thing that he did to Tanner. He said double it. Is that God's voice? Is that mine? You're, you're freaking out. You're shaking your bit, whatever. Just calm. All other voices are gone. Just sit in God's presence for just a moment. Em and I, let, let, let's do that right now. Right, right where we just hold that. God, sometimes what seems big to us is actually small to you. It's not to speak down upon what we're giving sacrificially today, but but we're really just like the boy, as Beth said earlier, 
that approached with just a few small fish, a few loaves of bread. So I don't know how you're gonna feed 15,000 people with what we're given here today, but, but I'll, I'll give you my lunch. God, today we give you our lunch. God, right now, what we're about to give, maybe you're speaking to us really clearly about what we need to be given. God, whatever is given. I had a moment this past week. I'm like, what if it's not the same as what it was in, in November when we did this? What if, what if it's not the same number? God, I'm so thankful that you don't care what the number is. Right now, you just, you just want obedience. You just want, like, who cares? The vision doesn't change. But God, what we're about to give, God, we are praying in the mighty name of Jesus that you would multiply it. Just like that day where 15,000 people showed up. 15,000 people are there. Scholars believe um, the women and the children, the men, 15,000 people, and there's no food except for one lunch. God, we know that we live in a province of 14 and a half million. We might as well say 15 million people. And we've got a small amount to give to you right now, but God, we are praying that you would multiply it God, we are praying that as it, as it uh, lands in your hands, that God, you would begin to multiply it, that you would begin to scatter it throughout our province, that God, the return that we begin to see at the end of all this, when we look back 30 years from now, that we would say, holy smokes, God actually did what he spoke over our church. He actually moved like he was speaking to us. We were naive enough to move in that direction. We were, we were foolish enough to the world to take the risk that only a kingdom-minded group of people people we're willing to take. God, we're praying right now that you would take what we're giving and you would multiply it for the masses. That you would bring men and women and children and grandparents and teachers and retail workers construction workers and DJs and limo drivers and convenience store owners and everyone else in between, that you would bring them unto a, 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 a realization that you are Lord of their life. God, may you be made famous in this province we see ourselves in. God, may we look back and see that our our province wasn't known for the things that we're known about now, but we are known for a faithfulness when it comes to Jesus. God, I'm, I'm tired. Like, I'm so thankful for the Australians in North America, but God, I want Ontarians to start being scattered all across the world because of what you're doing in Ontario. God, that they would bring the message of good hope and good news. God, take what we have today and multiply it, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen, amen. Hey, just a few notes, how to give. So the best way to give, I'm not the best with these moments and I should have almost just like had Ben come up, but I understand that, I understand that it's, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Just kidding. The best way to give is at slatechurch.com slash give. And when you get there, all the different ways that you can give are listed right there. Now, if you're giving an online text-to-tithe e-transfer or you're pledging today, um, just mark it for Heart for the House. In most of those options, uh, it's gonna ask you. If you're giving text-to-tithe, you know, there's gonna be an option to put uh, Heart for the House in there. Um, but if you're e-transferring today, 
and that's the decision or the, the, the way that you're going to give today. Um, when you get to slatechurch.com slash give and you get that place that you're going to send it to, make sure that you mark it Heart for the House. Now, I also just want to make a quick mention surrounding pledges. Um, the idea around pledges is that this is something you're actually going to give. Now, previous to making this statement in our last Heart for the House, people would pledge, and we actually had a large percentage that wouldn't actually give their pledge. Um, my encouragement to you is today is to only pledge what you're going to give. When we made this statement at our last Heart for the House, um, nearly everything came in that was pledged. Like, the, the highest we've ever had come in, and the, the percentages were so small. Like, like 2% didn't come in out of the pledges. All the rest did. And I think that's a really phenomenal thing. It says that there's commitment from the people that are pledging today. I don't want to make you scared or anything, but if you're going to pledge today, just make sure that you're doing it um, and you're going to give that um, with faithfulness. So right now, actually, we're going to have an item song that's, uh, that's going to play. Um, on the screen, are gonna, there's going to be a banner with more information of how to give. So if you're, you, you didn't hear some of what I said, just go to slatechurch.com slash give. But if you're confused, you can read that banner as it's going. And our encouragement to you is as you give in this moment, and maybe you're like, okay, it's, it's, I, I've, I've already given or I'm giving right after the service, whatever that looks like. As the worship team begins to sing, as the worship team begins to praise, as they begin to just, I, I'm telling you, this, this, is, this is a phenomenal moment we're about to have. I pray that you would recall God's word, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray for God to send more workers into the harvest field. Pray that God would bring more surrendered hearts unto himself because we've got a task at hand, say church. We're gonna reach this province with the message of Jesus. Come on, let's worship.
You know, church, I always find myself on days like today and moments like this just feeling so thankful. Really just so thankful uh, for, for you to be a part of a church that is so generous, that is so willing to give sacrificially. I'm so thankful to God that we actually get to serve a God who instills vision, who is working today, who wants to see people who are far from him come in relationship with him. I just love that we get to be a part of this today. And I'm so thankful for that, that we get to give. And listen, if you're watching this later in the week and you're watching this and it's not Sunday, we're still receiving. Uh, giving for this moment. So make sure that you are still giving. You haven't missed it just because it's not Sunday right now when you're watching perhaps. Uh, but listen, we've got a lot of great things coming up as a church. I want to encourage you, follow us on social media for everything that is happening church-wide. Uh, check out what's going on. Stay involved. Lean in. Get involved with what's happening. We would love to have you follow us there. Also, of course, today is a special Sunday with Heart for the House, our above and beyond giving. But listen, we would still love for you to give uh, regularly. If you would normally give on uh, on this Sunday, why don't you go ahead and do that as well? You can go to slatechurch.com and you can give there today as well. You know, next week we are starting off a new series called Saved. And listen, we can't wait for it. We can't wait for it to start. We really think it's going to be impactful. So make sure you join us then. Make sure you're inviting people out. Send the link out to somebody. We would love to see you there. Have a, have a fantastic Sunday. Have a great week ahead wherever you are. And we are so thankful for you today, church.